Welcome to the Chabad Around the World podcast. My name is Mandy Bressinger, and I'll be your host, taking you on an adventure every single week. Together, we'll fly out to remote places around the world to meet up with the Chabad emissaries, hear about their stories, their daily activities, and the inspiration that keeps them going on a daily basis. Sure. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. All righty. So let's begin. Uh, let's get to know you a little bit more. If you could tell us a little bit about yourself, your life, your upbringing, and then we'll move into your life in Athens. Okay. So uh, my name is Mendel also, and uh, Mendel Handel. I was uh, born and raised in Israel, although I have also a Montreal connection because uh, my grandfather, um, during the Second World War, uh, he escaped Poland and he came to Montreal. And he was a rabbi in the Chabad community for many years. My father was born and raised in, in Montreal. So I uh, still have many relatives there. So I have my Montreal connection. Um, I also studied in the yeshiva in Montreal for some time. So I, I do have a Montreal connection. Besides, also I have my brother there and now teaching. Um, I was born and raised in Israel, and uh, then I went to New York to study. Uh, my wife is French, and we ended up uh, opening a Chabad house in Athens, Greece. Um, so uh, kind of uh, international, and uh, we do get also international crowd here, but we do have also a very nice uh, local Jewish community, uh, which is, as I'm going to tell you soon, a very ancient Jewish community, one of the the most ancient Jewish communities outside of Israel. And uh, we are here for over 20 years already. I only have four. Um, so. Sorry, and everyone. There we go. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, now you're muted too. One second. Rabbi Handel, if you're on mute. You have to unmute again. Yeah. There you go. So I'll be very happy to share with you some stories about the history of the Jewish community, about Jewish life here. We'd love to hear that. Thank you so much. <laughs> but if we can just back up a little bit, Rabbi Handel, you mentioned that uh, your grandfather uh, escaped the war and came here uh, during the World War II, uh, during the Holocaust. And it's actually, you're right, Rabbi Handel is a legend here in Montreal. He was the Chabad, one of the great uh, Chabad rabbis here in Montreal, led the Chabad community for many, many years. Perhaps some of us here in, on the Zoom are familiar with Rabbi Handel, who had passed on already uh, for a few years now. Um, but yes, that is your grandfather. And yes, you have many relatives here you bring to <laughs> mind. So <laughs> maybe some people know the Walanskis. Some people know, uh, if I remember, the Rabbi Cohen from Mada is your uncle. Uh, he's a very famous personality. So the Hendel family has tremendous amount of uh, roots and branches here in Montreal. So welcome back home, we can say. Welcome back home. That's right. So let's, let's, uh, you mentioned your wife is, is from, is French. Your wife is from France. I understand. Uh, right. You're from Israel. Um, how did Athens, Greece come on your map? How did you get to Athens? So um, the, the truth is we grew up with this uh, education and with this uh, ideals of, of, of reaching out and, and going to a, to help uh, Jewish communities uh, abroad and places that we are needed. This is, uh, was the vision of the Rebbe who inspired so many people to go out of their comfort zone and to go to reach out to Jewish people all over the world and to assist them. 
and uh, we were looking into different options. Actually, we almost ended up in Russia, but uh, I guess we were destined to come here to Greece. The weather is a bit warmer. I know you are in Montreal and it's freezing. Um, by us, when it goes below nine degrees, uh, people start complaining and they say that it's freezing and it's really cold. Today we have nine degrees here, Celsius, and uh, people say it's really freezing. So just uh, <laughs> to have an idea. <laughs> tell them to hop onto the Zoom here. We'll, we'll give yeah. them, uh, we'll, we'll tell them what freezing is. <laughs> Incredible. So you say you're, it was destined and you end up as part of the Chabad global network of just reaching out and Athens came up and you grabbed it. Incredible. So we'd love to hear more about life there and what you have brought to the community there. But as you mentioned, you can share with us the history and definitely Greece right. uh, has a tremendous amount of history. If you can share that with us before, and then we'll get into how life mm -hmm. is today. Sure. So when we came here, we found a very nice community, um, about five, 6,000 Jews living all uh, around Greece. And actually the Jewish people of Greece, they come from two origins. Uh, there are the Jews which are called the Romanio Jews, which came uh, to Greece during the Roman time. Um, and even before, actually the first Jews came even before the destruction of the second temple, which goes back more than 2000 years ago. There are evidence of Jewish presence here uh, since then. And there was a continuous um, Jewish community and Jewish life here since then. Um, then we have the newcomers, which are the Sephardic Jews that came after they were expelled from Spain. That's uh, 500 years ago. And uh, they came because that was one of the only places that uh, accepted them. Uh, back then, Greece was part of the Ottoman Empire, which accepted the, 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 the Jews that uh, fled and escaped uh, in Spain. And uh, they were welcomed here and they established communities here, mainly in the northern part of Greece. Uh, Salonika was a very famous uh, city with um, uh, many Jews that lived there. Actually, even for um, some uh, period, the, the port of, of, of uh, Saloniki was closed on Shabbat. And that's because uh, all the people that worked there were Jews and uh, because the day off was Shabbat. So the, the whole port was shut down for, for, for Shabbat. I think it's the only port in, in diaspora that was uh, closed on Shabbat. So a lot wow. of history here. Incredible, incredible. You know, you mentioned the history of Greece. I think a lot of us right away think of the Greeks and the story of Hanukkah. So I just, I wanna plug in over here for a moment. We had a few weeks ago, uh, a Zoom with the Chabad representative in Rome. Uh, Rabbi Menachem Lazar, perhaps you, you're familiar with him, uh, and he shared with us, it was, a, we actually, it was a Zoom before Hanukkah, a week or two before Hanukkah, and he shared with us a dream of his, which was still under wraps, and he told us that he was trying to put up a menorah, which of course we're celebrating our victory over the Greeks, uh, where, in front of the Colosseum in Rome, and uh, I don't know if anybody found out if it actually happened, but I wanted to bring up a picture here, Rabbi Handel, you mentioned the history of Greece, I'm going to share the picture of the menorah uh, in front of the Colosseum in Rome. So here it is. It's on his, just for a moment here. It's uh, right, I'm just gonna share the picture um, before we continue on with our Zoom here in Greece. This is in Rome, the menorah in front of the Colosseum for the first time ever, uh, first time Hanukkah at the Colosseum. And uh, there you go, you can check it out more 
on the, there you have, this is Rabbi Lazar, who we Zoomed with a few weeks ago, a few months ago now. Pretty incredible to see that uh, part of Jewish history. So there you go. Menorah in front of the Coliseum. Incredible. Uh, I'll put this in the chat. If anybody wants to check up further after the Zoom, be more than uh, happy to read up over there. So tell us more, Rabbi Handel. You mentioned about there's Jewish uh, evidence of the presence uh, of the presence of the Jewish life there since the Second Temple. Uh, also, anything to do with the Hanukkah story that you have uh, familiarity with in being in Greece of all places? Uh, tell us more about that uh, right. of the history. Okay, so um, so the the Jews, the Roman Jews, actually came to is to, to Greece straight from Israel which means that uh, they were not Sephardic because they didn't go to the Sephardic countries. They were not Ashkenazi. They were something in between. They had their own traditions. <laughs> and even the setup of the, of the shul, of the synagogue is different. They have the, the bima where reading of the Torah and also where the, where the chazan stands is all the way in the back of the shul. And then you have from both sides, you have chairs facing the middle. So it's quite different than, than, the, than the, the, the shape of the synagogues that we know today. And actually, when you come into a synagogue, you see right away if it's a Sephardic synagogue or a Romanio, depends on the setup of the, of the shul. Um, mentioning the story of Hanukkah, I wanted to say that we have another version to the story. Um, <laughs> that actually, it was not the Greeks, it was the Syrians. <laughs> I will explain. Um, the, the story of Hanukkah actually took place in Israel um, because the story goes back to Alexander the Great, which everybody probably heard about. And he conquered a big part of the, of the civilized world back then, but he died in a very young age. And when he died, um, the, his kingdom was split between the generals. So there was a general that was in, uh, in, in Egypt and there was the one that was in uh, Syria, which were both very central places. And then there was Macedonia and Greece, which was another general. And basically for about a hundred years, Israel was under the occupation of the, of the Egyptians. And this was a very good time for the Jews. Actually, the Egyptians, they were very interested in the Jewish culture. Um, if you know one of the very famous um, translation of the, of the Bible, of the Torah, is to Greek language, and that happened back then by uh, Talmai, uh, Ptolemos, the, the, uh, the king of, of Egypt, who was very interested to know what it says in the book of the Torah, and he asked, uh, he got uh, 70 scholars to translate it for him. Um, a hundred years passed, and uh, Antiochus, who was the king in uh, Syria, conquered Israel, and then basically they were trying to enforce the Hellenistic, the Greek um, culture and way of life, which included idol worshiping and sports, etc. And back then, um, the Jews started a resistance. And that was Matityahu and his sons, the Maccabees. They fought the Syrians and, uh, and they succeeded. And that's why we have this great miracle of Hanukkah. So we say the Greeks, because it was not a, a, a war over. A land. It was a war. It was a culture war. If the Jews will be able to maintain their Judaism, um, or they will lose it to the to the Greek culture that was uh, very strong back then. And because uh, we won and we're able to maintain our traditions, 
Um, so we, we have this holiday of Hanukkah, but Greece as a country was not really involved in it. So if you go to the Greek uh, history books, you will not read about this war. They don't know about it. So uh, we had to educate them to tell them about this war. <laughs> so Hanukkah in Greece is no different. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Well, that, you just heard the Greek version of the Hanukkah story. But yes, that's definitely true. The Greek, the Syrian Greeks is always what we read about. And that's very fascinating how you put it into context. So thank you for clarifying that, Rabbi Handel. Um, so tell us now that you, you shared with us some fascinating history. You come in uh, a few years ago uh, with your wife. You're ready to make a difference in Athens. You said you were greeted by a community that's already there. Tell us a little bit more about the community that's there today um, and what you brought in as fresh uh, new Chabad representatives. Sure. So uh, as I said, we came here and there was an existing uh, Jewish community, very nice people, nice community. People were very happy to meet us. Although um, after the Holocaust, the community did not was not anymore as before. Uh, I don't know if you are aware, but one of the only... Um, Sephardi communities that suffered so much during the war um, was Greece. Um, the, the, German, the Nazis came here and they sent most of the people to concentration camps. Actually, percentage-wise, um, more people perished in the Holocaust in Greece than in, in Poland, percentage-wise. But oh. of course, there was a smaller community in Greece than, than in Poland. So in numbers, uh, uh, Poland is much greater. Um, but they did suffer a lot during the Holocaust and coming back was very difficult for the community um, trying to, to get back to life and to maintain um, Jewish life here. And they did very hard work to try to maintain Jewish life here. Uh, we came to Greece um, 20 years ago and uh, we found that uh, people were interested um, to learn more about uh, their heritage, to experience more. We started with doing holiday celebrations. Um, people in the past used to celebrate at home, but then, you know, as the older generation uh, passed away and the younger ones, uh, either they didn't know or they not, were not comfortable enough celebrating by themselves, they were looking for something, a place they could gather as a community. And this is something that we started as we, we, we started our activities here. Um, also, people wanted to learn more about Judaism, to learn what it means to be a Jew, what it means, uh, why we do certain things. And uh, we started a lot of educational programs for, for adults and for children. And besides that, um, there are many uh, Jewish travelers that come to Greece from all over the world, um, especially during the summer. Uh, it's a very nice destination. We have beautiful uh, countryside, beautiful islands. I don't know if any of you was already in Greece, but uh, it's a really beautiful country and you're welcome to come. And when you come, you're definitely welcome to visit us at the Chabad House. We are placed right in the center of Athens next to the Acropolis, next to all the ancient sites and uh, the tourist uh, attractions. And uh, I think the highlight that we have every week is the Shabbat. We get literally people from all over the world um, for a Shabbat experience. And it's really special. You see people coming from different places. They never met each other before. And then we're sitting together on one table and, you know, becoming like family, like a mishpachas, which was very, really, really heartwarming and beautiful. 
So um, yeah, this is a uh, life in Athens. Incredible, incredible. So it sounds like a, a vibrant Jewish community going on in Athens, Greece, and definitely a, a victory uh, of our of our traditions and of our mitzvahs. We always like to celebrate mitzvahs uh, over the Greek culture. As you said, that's really the miracle that we celebrate on Hanukkah. So you're celebrating that all year long. So tell us more. Uh, you mentioned about educating the, uh, the, the, the community at large, adults and children. You uh, Thank God that you're raising your own family. Uh, you meant, uh, you, I'm sure there's children that are growing up in Athens. What kind of education can, the, can we expect? Um, or have you been able to provide for your own children and for the children of the community there in Athens? Right. So... Um, there is a local uh, Jewish day school, uh, a community day school here in Athens. And uh, when our children were growing, they, it goes up to sixth grade. So they would go in the morning to the local Jewish school. And then in the afternoon, they would go on the online uh, Chabad program. There's a very beautiful school program, which is on the internet. Now with the Corona, many people found the Zoom and the online studies, but uh, by, uh, by, by Chabad, it's already many years that we use this technology. And uh, this is really special because they are able to connect with other uh, children, um, Chabad children from other places and get the level of Jewish education that, uh, that, uh, that we want them to get. And then we had to send them to, at a very young age, to study abroad. Uh, we are very close to Israel. It's less than a two-hour flight. And uh, my parents live in Israel, so we would send the children to study there from sixth grade on um, to, 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 to continue their education in Israel. Uh, it's not easy uh, sending away children at a very young age, but um, we know that was the best for them. They were happy to meet their uh, other kids as themselves and to get a, you know, a high level education. And being so close, we tried going back and forth and visiting them. And uh, I, I think one of the challenges of, of, of the being on a, abroad and being in a, in, a, in a small community like Greece uh, and other places around the world is the education of the, our own children. Because if we, you know, when you, we have a supporting community and, and kids the same, it's much easier. When you have to recreate it by yourself, it's... It's much more challenging, but on the other hand, it's much stronger because uh, they really grow up with the values and they know who they are and, and, and what, it, what they are about, and they're very proud of who they are. And um, yes, we are very happy to have our children uh, growing up and, and uh, getting the, the night's nice education that we want them. Beautiful, beautiful, and, and, and that's so incredible that you that you see that on a first-hand basis and, and so inspiring for us here in Montreal where Jewish education is perhaps not one, not one of our biggest Jewish challenges and yet uh, hearing about the self-sacrifice and, and the, the, you know, the, the, the limits that aren't, unfa the, you know, there's no limits to what you uh, put into your children's education, ensuring that they have a proper up-to-par Jewish education definitely can inspire us for our children, our grandchildren and uh, the children that we are connected to here in Montreal and around the world. And it's, it's, it's beautiful to hear about the Chabad online school that's on, been on Zoom for many years now. We've heard it from many of the Chabad shluchim around the world. And it seems like that's a, a beautiful way for, uh, for your family as well as others to uh, have that, that education um, 
for your children. I'm going to uh, talk about your children and talk about the, uh, you talked about the celebrations that you brought the community out of their houses uh, to celebrate Jewish life. I'm going to share the screen now. Uh, we got some pictures that you sent me. I'm going to go through them. And if you could just tell us a little bit about what's going on. But I remember seeing some pictures of, of, uh, of your children, I believe, or of children helping out. And it's beautiful to watch the younger generation uh, helping out in the Chabad activities and Jewish activities. So here it is. There we go. So we'll get to the children, I guess, soon. But here you have, I guess this is a inside view of your synagogue. Yes, that's in the Chabad house. This is in the Chabad house of Greece. Beautiful. And um, obviously that's a mitzvah of shofar blowing, Rosh Hashanah. Um, tell us what we have here. This is, uh, looks like a meal of sorts. Yes, yes. So this is, we have uh, for... We have groups or holiday celebrations. Uh, this is also in the Chabad house. I see from the people here, it's an international group. So it's uh, visitors that come here from uh, different parts of the world and get together here. Beautiful, beautiful. So this is really, uh, we could focus on a little bit more as I go through the pictures. Perhaps you could tell us more about the tourist attraction that you mentioned and how you provide for the tourists and uh, actually looking you up online one of the big stories that comes up is back in 2018, where you hosted a, a sudden, there was a flight, an LL flight that uh, there was about 150 uh, religious Jews that wouldn't travel on Shabbat and the flight got delayed and they had to get off emergency landing in Athens and you were there to, uh, to provide for them. So tell us more about how you uh, interact with the tourists and what you provide for them. So, as I said, there are many Jewish travelers that come here, and obviously uh, the people that keep a uh, kosher, it's a challenge coming to a place like here. It's not like Montreal that you have all the kosher shops uh, right there around the corner. Um, so, we have in the Chabad house, we have uh, established a, a kosher restaurant and a shop with kosher products um, where people could come and enjoy uh, kosher food. But besides that, also we have a service we send out kosher food all over uh, Greece and to the Greek islands. So if someone travels to the islands, we could also send him meals. And we get such great feedback from people. They say, oh, it's really like people order like Shabbat meals and say, it's so special, you know, really made our Shabbat and to be able to celebrate even being in a remote island to have the wine and the, and the challah and to have proper uh, Shabbat meal is really uh, great. Um, you mentioned before we had a, a very interesting uh, story uh, in 2018. So on Friday morning, we get a call that there is this Alal flight um, that is uh, have uh, they, they were planning to go to Israel, but because uh, there was a snowstorm in New York and they were they had a, a big delay um, in the in their departure, so they realized they will not have enough time to get to Israel on time for Shabbos. And there were many religious Jews on the flight, besides the fact that Elal also does not fly on Shabbos. So they had a, they decided to land the plane in Greece. But you have so many people which need kosher food. So what do you do? So they called Chabad. They called us and uh, they said, could you provide um, kosher food? There would be like uh, 70, 80 people. Could you provide them with uh, kosher food for Shabbat? So we said, well... Um, We'll do our best. <laughs> it was 11 o'clock in the morning. Shabbat comes in at five. We just have a few hours and 
they wouldn't even have time to come to, to the center, to the Chabad as they were, because they landed just before Shabbat and we had to get all the food to the airport where, where they stayed in the hotel near the airport. Anyways, we prepared the whole uh, food, everything, and we went there to, to the airport. And then when we were on the way to the airport, the, the guy calls me and he says, you know, I don't know what you could do with the information, but actually it's not 70 people, it's 150 people. <laughs> I said, oh my gosh, what are we going to do now? I mean, it's like, but uh, we, we took plenty of food. We were planning to have three meals, like to have a Friday dinner, a Shabbat lunch, and then something after Shabbat, because the, until the flight would come, it would take, a, the plane will come to pick them up, we'll be late already. So we decided we can't keep people hungry. So we, um, we split everything into two meals and uh, people came down the plane and they really enjoyed, it was really special. Uh, people came and they, they didn't know what to expect. One guy told me, you know, he took the omelet from breakfast. He said he, he didn't know what he's going to eat on Shabbat. And then they came and there was a plant, Shabbat, a beautiful Shabbat, everybody together uh, from all folks of life. Think about it. Like when you fly on the plane, who sits next to you on the airplane? Random people, people, different uh, types of people, less religious, more religious, this kind, that kind. Everybody was sitting together and enjoyed a very remarkable Shabbat. And it was very remarkable also because the people felt that they did something special for the Shabbat. It wasn't just, you know, ordinary Shabbat, but they sacrificed something in order to have a Shabbat. And they were saying, you know, that they will have this story to tell to their children, how, you know, they, they, they went out of the comfort to go to a place of, uh, which they were not planning to. And then to have this experience, which was really, really special. And actually, this is something um, that we heard time and again from people. We had a family, I remember a few years ago, that they didn't uh, do a Friday dinner at home. Uh, and uh, when they came with their kids and the kids were so inspired, they liked so much the atmosphere. And they said to their parents, why can't we do it at home? So Shabbat is something so beautiful. And uh, if you don't do it, I definitely recommend you to do it at home. And even if you do it, try to invest a little more in it, maybe some more songs, some more uh, uh, inspiration and make it really remarkable because this is actually what unites us uh, as people from all over the world. Think about it. When we do a Shabbat in Athens, you do a Shabbat in Montreal. There are others in other parts of the world. Each one connects and we connect not just with people around the world, but we connect also with all the history, with our ancestors that used to do the Shabbat. So a Shabbat is really special for us. We look forward every week Every week is the same but different because we meet different people uh, from different places, and always it's so it's so amazing. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, and what a fantastic mitzvah story. We always like to focus in on stories, so we heard about Shabbat in Athens, and uh, definitely something that you can search up more. Here's another article here of the uh, this this story back in 2018 when. Uh, what happens when 150 LL travelers, or as you mentioned, 200, got stranded in Greece for Shabbat? And uh, definitely, as you can see, a mix of all different types of Jews getting together with Rabbi Handel there in the middle, ensuring that uh, they will have an experience of a Shabbat like no other in, uh, no, in Athens, of all places. So quite an incredible story. Here you have a whole article from Chabad.org. And I'll share that on the uh, on the chat. Thank you so much for sharing that story and inspiring us 
with the mitzvah of Shabbos. So you talk about uh, helping the tourists and uh, bringing kosher food. How did you get kosher food to Greece or how do you ensure kosher food in general in Athens? So it's not easy. A lot of logistics. Actually, in the beginning, it was much more challenging. Takes time till figuring out uh, what you could get from where. Um, thank God we are in Europe. And uh, now uh, with the European Union being like one big country, much easier to transport from one country to the other. So uh, we get our supplies from Europe mainly, but we have to get from different places. We get from France, from Belgium, from, from Italy, uh, from different countries. Uh, we have uh, shipments. And because we have, uh, besides our own needs, we have all the people, the travelers that are coming. We have the needs of the people in the community, uh, the needs of the Chabad house, of all the activities. So um, we do get a lot of uh, kosher supplies. Um, and uh, even now with the Corona, you know, as in every place, we were very much affected by that. Um, much, uh, there were times that there were much less travelers that were coming and people were stuck home. Um, and we, we, we did a special effort to reach out to the people in the community, especially the older people. Um, to, to visit them and to, to support them, to get them uh, people that needed some food, but uh, more than all to, 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 to connect with them and to, to do more, more activities over Zoom. Uh, a lot of our programs uh, became virtual, uh, but uh, and in one hand, it was very different, very challenging, but I think also we made a lot of bonds with people. We connected uh, on a more deeper, deeper level with the, with the people of the community, being there with them and going through the challenging moments. Incredible, incredible. Always finding the positivity, the silver lining, and you're using it out as an opportunity to reach deeper. What a beautiful uh, thing for us to keep in mind that the uh, you mentioned about, sorry, uh, about making bonds with people. So one of the questions we always like to hear or we, we like to ask is about making bonds with the government and also what's like, what's the connection that you have with um, in general, the, the population of Athens, anti-Semitism, is that something that you're worried about? What can you share with us about that? Yes. Um, so um, there is, uh, as in every place in the world, unfortunately, there is anti-Semitism in Greece as well. Um, although, there's no violence against Jews. Uh, you feel very safe being here. Um, there's no, um, like I walk around with a kippah. I don't, you know, no problem. Um, really, it feels very safe. But from time to time, we have a reminder. Sometimes they will do a graffiti in the, in the, on a Holocaust memorial or in the, in, in the cemetery. Um, you could hear sometimes from people some uh, remarks which which are many times it's from ignorance so you know this uh, myths about the jews controlling the world and stuff like that um, but it's not something that that really you feel threatened by or uh, there's you feel quite very safe being jewish in greece um in the past the the greek government was uh, very pro-palestinian but in the in the last uh, years it shifted it changed a lot and uh, now um, they have very strong uh, ties and connections with Israel. 
you have all the time Israeli politicians coming here and Greek politicians going to, to, to Israel. So um, it's really, it, it, the relations uh, developed very much. And of course, um, it shines also on the com local community. Um, you feel more safe, you feel better. Um, the connections are really, it's something that, like if you would tell someone 10 years ago that the, the, commu the, com the connection with Israel will be so flourishing and so great, you would think that you were dreaming, but it really became a reality and it's really special. Incredible. Can you imagine what our, our ancestors, you know, when in Athens of old could only see what's going on today. I'm sure they see from on high and uh, are, are seeing Am Yisrael Chai in such a beautiful and vibrant way and much is due to your work. And we're very grateful here in Montreal for your partnership in making Judaism such a success such a vibrant and exciting thing around the world and in Athens particularly. Uh, before we get to the questions, uh, Rabbi Handel has been so gracious. We're going to have a few more minutes. We're going to do uh, go around, go through the chat. And then if anybody wants to ask on the mic, uh, I just want to share with everybody Rabbi Handel's uh, website, I believe is right here. Did I get that right? Chabad.gr. So you have here uh, a, a page full of full of Greek. Is it, which language is this? Is this Greek? That's Greek. <laughs> Do you oh, speak Greek? Greek? <laughs> yes, yes, we speak quite well Greek. Um, after twenty years, it's 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 not an easy language. It's a uh, very different, but it's a very rich language, and very interesting. So when you know Greek, you realize how the the language is actually. Um, interact with each other and affect other languages and inspire other languages. There are words in English and in, even in Hebrew that are from Greek. So it's really nice. It's an ancient language. Incredible. Incredible. And uh, as you can see on this website, the Athens mikvah, the ritual bath is ready. They're writing a Torah scroll. Looks like Judaism <laughs> is, is flourishing there. There's a whole uh, page here for tourist information. So if you have plans in the future, uh, here is uh, all that uh, you need to know regarding uh, kosher restaurants and catering in Athens, Shabbat in Athens, weekday minyan, kosher meals in the islands, the mikvah, map and directions, a uh, list of suggested hotels close to the Chabad house. You have Chabad of places I can't even read. And the <laughs> kosher pro product list looks like you're in New York almost. Pretty amazing. And uh, you can check that out there. I'll share the, the, uh, this on the chat. Let's go to the chat, actually, and get some questions here from our crowd, from our Zooming Around the World family here. There you go. You have the Chabad.gr, Chabad of Greece's uh, website. So we have from, we have from, question here. Let's get to the questions here. We talked about anti-Semitism. Uh, we hear from Davida mentioned that after the Holocaust, her father was interned in a DP camp in Cyprus. Wow, okay. There you go. I'm sure he's shepping nachas from what's going on in Greek today. Um, David wants to know, what is the level of observance of the Jewish community there? So the, the Jewish community in Greece is mostly traditional, not very observant. Um, but uh, tradition is very important to them. Um, they would come, uh, especially for like the high holidays, for special Jewish um, um, life cycle events. Um, they're very much connected and people also, there is a very strong bond between the Jewish people and the community. 
there's a lot of uh, activities going on and, and bonding and, uh, and Jewish events. Incredible. Incredible. We have here a question. Um, has tourism resumed in Greece? So it's, uh, you know, during the corona, it's like uh, ups and downs. Um, we had a quite busy summer. Uh, now things are down, less, less travelers now with the Omicron, but uh, we are looking forward for things to get better very soon, Bezat Hashem. Last year also in the winter, uh, we had the lockdown here. Uh, people couldn't come in. Uh, people had to stay home only to, to go out. They had to send like SMS uh, for the purpose where they were going. Uh, quite <laughs> complex. But uh, afterwards in the summer, things opened up and uh, you know things went more or less back to life. Now, as I said, um, we are during a, a little bit uh, more of a down period, but uh, we hope very soon for better days to come. Amen, amen. We see them very soon, very soon. I'm going to skip right to the uh, questions on the mics. But before we do that, I just want to share with everybody on the screen. Everyone can take a look. We have many of our previous episodes, many of our previous episodes of the Chabad Around the World Zoomings. Uh, on podcast now, and you can find it on Spotify if you want to view, refresh from any of the from many of the interviews that we had uh, over the past year and a half. You can check up on Spotify uh, podcast Chabad around the world with myself, and you have many of the interviews here up online for you to listen to. And right now, it's just audio. Um, just quite a list here of many of the interviews that we've done over the past two years. Let's go to the question from Howard, from Rabbi Herschel. A lot of Herschel. Tikal is Kalispera, Rabbi Hendel. Kalispera, Kalispera. Okay. Um, I was in Greece many years ago. I was in Kriti, and I noticed that there was, there was a building there, an old synagogue, but the mezuzah was not there. I was told that the Jews of Crete were taken out on a ship, and the Nazis sunk the ship about uh, two or three miles from the port of Chania, right. but you know, the antipathy towards Jews in Greece is hundreds or even thousands of years long. This antipathy or this resentment or hatred yeah, against yeah. Jews, huh? is it more from cultural or do they believe that the Jews killed Yoshke? Where does this resentment or antipathy come from? Is it a cultural antipathy? Is it more of a religious antipathy? Where does it come from? Yeah. So uh, regarding the story of the Jews of Crete, yes, as you mentioned, uh, uh, they, they, they put them all on a, on a boat and the, the bunk sank. And, uh, and now there are different uh, historians that uh, that argue about what happened exactly. Why, how, why did the, bo the boat sank? Was it the, 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 the Nazis themselves who sank it or... Maybe the Allies that saw a German boat and sank it, it's not very clear. In any case, very few survivors from Crete. And they now, uh, I don't know when you were there, but in the last years, it was renovated, the, the synagogue there. Um, since there's no real community there, it's mostly um, like a museum. People could come and visit there, but they do have uh, occasionally services there. Um, 
Antisemitism in Greece, I guess it's a mix. It's a mix of, uh, of religious, as you mentioned, and, and cultural. Um, but in the last years, things got better. Um, I guess also it's uh, because of the relationship with Israel and um, things in general, the, the Greek people are nice people. Like if you meet them on a personal level, they're very nice, very kind. You don't, uh, they don't, uh, you don't feel threatened. Okay, thank you so much for bringing that up. Let's move on. We've got lots of questions here. I got from Michael and from Shaul and from Sydney. Sydney, you want to ask a question? You got to unmute. What was that? Let miss. Did you want to ask a question? No, it's okay. No problem. Oh, okay, okay, my okay. mistake. Uh, Shaul, you want to ask a question? Sam, they got to unmute. There you unmute. go. Sorry. How many Jews are there in Greece and how many in Athens? Okay, so now there are about uh, uh, four and a half thousand all over Greece. Um, more than 50% are in Athens and suburbs. And then there is a large uh, community in Thessaloniki in the northern part of Greece. Greece yeah. And uh, then there are many small communities all over the country. There's in Larissa, in Volos in Rhodes, in, uh, in Crete, a tiny community, in Corfu. There are many Jewish communities, small communities all over. Do you uh, get a minion on Saturday mornings? Yes, we get a minion. Um, and um, even uh, during the summer, we get a very large minion because we have many no, visitors. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in, like, but, uh, in the fall or what we call winter there. Yes, we get, we get a minion even in the winter. Um, and um, we, uh, we mentioned the Jewish, the small communities. We are in touch with all these communities. Uh, we send them stuff for the holidays. We even go to visit them, do some programming there. So uh, we try to connect to every Jew in Greece, wherever he is, in every corner of the country. Beautiful, beautiful. Let's go on to Michael. Michael, I believe, is joining us from somewhere far out there. Welcome aboard, Michael. You have to unmute. There you are. Michael? We're having trouble hearing you. I think he's far, far away. Maybe you got to speak up a little bit. <laughs> All right. Meanwhile, Lily, go ahead. Leah. How many Chabad rabbis are there in Greece? You're the only one or are there others? No, we have, a, we have another Chabad center in Athens in the suburbs. We have a Chabad in Thessaloniki. And there's also Chabad in Rhodes. And we are hoping to open soon also in Crete, which you mentioned before, Herschel. So. You're looking for volunteers? <laughs> we have, have some over here. We are working on it. <laughs> Incredible. Okay, wrapping up here. Michael, did you have a chance? Michael? No, we can't hear you, Michael. Okay, if you want to put your question down on the chat, then perhaps we can try to get it in here. Anybody else have any questions? for our representative, our Jewish ambassador to Greece, Rachel? Yes. Um, I, are there any converts to Judaism? Are there any people who are hidden Jews that they don't know they're Jewish or they hide their Judaism? Um, yes, there are people that, uh, that convert, not many. Um, and I wouldn't say there are people that are hiding the Judaism because of fear, but uh, there are people maybe that they, are, they have a, a Jewish mother and not always they are aware about their Judaism or not always they are involved. 
And um, basically we try to reach out to the people, not just to the people that come to, to regular activities, but to reach out to the, to the Jews that are not involved and to, to find a connection with them as well. The, the ones who convert, is it usually just, is it usually for marriage or is it also on their own? They discover Judaism on their own. Um, both, both. There are both. people that really found Judaism and are interested and even they go, let's say, to, to England or to Israel where there's a more established communities and they do a, a, you know, a proper conversion and they do, they go through all the things because they are interested in Judaism. But there are also people that want to marry Jewish. Yeah, it also happens. We have, we have both. Because it's very, because, you know, Greek, being Greek is very often tied to, it's like being Jewish. You're ethnically Jewish and you're religiously Jewish. And being Greek is the same thing. If you're Greek, you're Greek Orthodox. It's very right. much similar like that. So it's interesting that there are people who, you know, take that step because it must be very hard on their families, very different. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Because over here also, they have very strong, like in the, in the Greek mentality, you have their families are very much connected. And they're very much into their traditions. You're right. It's a big yeah. step for them. All righty. Moving along. Thank you, Rachel. We have here from Molly. Molly, you want to ask a question? With the unmute. All right. Maybe, no, we don't have you yet. Maybe type in the question. Um, <laughs> all righty. Gonna try again. Okay, meanwhile, I think Michael is ready. Michael? Yes, I wanted to ask if there's any uh, difference in the um, anti-Semitism uh, in Greek Orthodoxy uh, or between um, Roman Catholicism or the Protestant uh, Christianity. Do you feel there's uh, any difference? Michael, I, I'm so sorry. We're having very, it's very hard to hear you. Rabbi Handel, were you able to pick up on the question? No. No. Mike, I'm going to ask if you can type it in. We're having a lot of trouble hearing you. Molly, go ahead. Yes, okay. I wanted to thank you very much for the presentation, Rabbi Hendel. Um, I understand they opened up a Jewish or Holocaust museum in Saloniki. Uh, have you been there? And how far is Saloniki from Athens? So Saloniki is 500 kilometers from Athens. Oh. I've been many times to Saloniki, uh, but uh, the Jewish museum, the, the Holocaust Museum, which you're, you're talking about, uh, is not ready yet. Um, they are working oh. on it. There, there oh. is a small, there is actually, there is a museum in Athens as well. There is also a museum in Thessaloniki, but they are creating now something much greater uh, in Thessaloniki. It's going to be something really big, uh, but it's not ready yet. Oh, I, under, I, I thought it was, but I understand Saloniki was chosen because at the time before the war, 50% of the community was Jewish in Saloniki. Yeah, the Saloniki before the war, was a, a, there was a very strong Jewish presence there. And as I mentioned also, there was a period that even the, the port was closed on Shabbat. Right, um, yeah. Jewish life in Saloniki was very, it was great. And as, actually, it was called the Jerusalem of the Balkan, the Balkan countries. This was like a center. People would come. There were great rabbis that went there. And actually, after the, the, the Jews were expelled from Spain, many great rabbis, including uh, Rabbi Yosef Karo, who was the one that wrote the, the Shulchan Aruch, he, he went through Thessaloniki. Uh, 
the one, uh, the rabbi that uh, wrote the Lecha Dodi, Rabbi Shlomo Al-Kabetz, the Lecha Dodi, which everybody knows from, from the Friday evening service. Uh, he was also in Thessaloniki. So there were many great rabbis that went through that uh, city. A lot of uh, Jewish history. How many Jews are living now in Thessaloniki compared to Athens? Yeah. Now there are a little over a thousand Jews in Thessaloniki. Um, it's not a big community, but uh, it's a very vibrant community. They keep together. They, they, have the, they, they have the synagogue, they have Jewish life. And of course we have a Chabad uh, over there as well. So in Athens where you are now with the Chabad house, are there other synagogues as well as the Chabad house? Yes, of course. There is the, the local uh, Sephardic synagogue, the Bet Shalom. Uh, which is also very active. There's actually another synagogue, which is called Etz Chaim, which is the Roman Yot Synagogue. Oh. Uh, but it's not open on a regular basis. They just open it for high holidays or for special occasions. Do you sometimes get together when it comes to Yon Toivim? Yes, yes, of course. Yeah. I go many times to the local show, yes. Okay, thank you. Great. <laughs> All right, thank you, Molly. Rabbi Handel, I understand that we're going... Beyond our time, there's still some questions here. Would you rather we wrap up now? And I, or do you have a few more minutes? I'll Let's take on one more question. One more question. Okay, I think we have Leah here. Leah was waiting. Leah, go ahead. Hi. Hi, fabulous presentation. Thank you. I've been to Israel so many times because my daughter lives there with my grandchildren. And somehow Greece is always on the bucket list, but we haven't made it there yet. It's <laughs> so close. Um, okay. I was just wondering for the children that go to Israel to study after grade six, do they go into the army afterwards? And after being in Israel, especially being in Israel after so many years, do they return to Greece or stay in Israel? Right. So not all the, the kids go to Israel to study. I mean, uh, we were talking about my person, my family. I mean, they, they, the local uh, Jews, they don't go for high school to Israel. They go here to high school. Actually, there is a very nice program that they have now uh, with the Lauder Foundation that they do in the afternoon. They have a... Jewish studies, uh, the kids that go to, to the regular like, American school here for high school. Um, so, um, but there are, there are some uh, students that go after high school, they go to, to volunteer in the Greek, in the Israeli army. Uh, there, there are a few of them. Uh, some go also to, to do their studies in Israel for, uh, for university. Um, so there is definitely a strong connection between uh, the community here in Israel. And do they return to Greece afterwards? Uh, some do and some stay. <laughs> some uh, actually um, married the Israelis and stayed there. I've been right. to quite a few such marriages, which is really beautiful. Um, but some, you know, some come back. It's, uh, it's uh, where they grew up. It's a country that they know. It's not uh, always easy to, to go uh, abroad. Incredible. So Thank you so much, Leia. Community in Greece, uh, in, well, in Greece, middle age to aging, or is there a big youth population? Yes, it's a, it's a, I would say it's an aging community. There are, of course, there are young families, but um, the, 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 the demographics are not uh, very optimistic, let's say, mm -hmm. uh, because uh, there is a, um, you know, people don't get married so much. You have also intermarriage and assimilation. So the numbers are not very optimistic. But I always say, you know, when people ask me that what will be the future, I say always, you know, we are for the one Jew. 
each one Jew that we are able to save and to connect, this is what we are here for. We don't, right. we're not here to, to predict the future, but we are here to make the future. So as many people that we are able to connect, uh, to connect to our tradition, to connect to our community, um, then it, it will stay on for their lives and the lives of their children. So we, 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 we connect to one, one person at a time and together we can make a huge difference. Beautiful. Right. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Leah, for bringing that up. But I think leaving off with that line, we don't predict the future, we make the future. I love that. What a fantastic, inspirational line to keep in mind. Thank you so much, Rabbi Handel. I know there's more questions here, but we went beyond the time limit that you gave and uh, we're so, so graciously. And thank you so much for giving us your time, your precious time. If there's a way for us to contact you further, there's more questions. If anybody wants to know more, as you said, we're all invited to come visit you. And some people mentioned that they've been by you already. They're coming to you. What's the best way to contact you? Is it through your website? Yeah, you have on the website, you have a contact. You could contact us with great pleasure. You're all very welcome to come and visit us. Fantastic. Uh, Chabad.gr, Chabad of Greece. All right, Rabbi Handel, thank you so much again. Hatzlacha, Rabbi. Can you end uh, off with a goodbye in Greek or something? <laughs> Yasas. Yasas. All right. <laughs> Yasas. There you go. Well, keep up. Yes, Fantastic work with your entire family and for the Jewish people as a whole, one Jew at a time, making the future. And we'll keep on doing that here with our Shabbos and all the mitzvahs that you inspired us to be stronger in. Thank you so much again. See everybody next week. We're going to be again at 11.30 a.m. We're going to be heading off to another beautiful spot around the world. Look out for your emails to find out where that will be. Until then, have a wonderful week. All the best. Thanks so bye much bye. for joining here today. Thank you. Bye, Rabbi Handel. Thank you again. Thank you. Bye-bye.